This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As usual, here tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Uh, and again, freetalklive.com, the place to go. In fact, uh, the main feature of the site allows you, the listener, to influence things we'll talk about on the air by submitting show prep suggestions to our website. Other listeners then vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. You get to vote on other people's suggestions as well. And the most liked make it to the front page of the website, making it to the top. Uh, the very most uh, top story is the most liked within a certain window of time. Obviously, uh, the, the kind of has to keep rolling through fresh stories. Otherwise, the you don't want the most voted, most popular voted article of all time to sit at the uh, the top of the page so there's certain there's a certain rolling time window that applies as well head over there get interactive it's all free over at freetalklive.com and a lot of the things we talk about on this show come right off the front page of our site thanks to listeners like you now there's something that happened mark that uh, that we missed it was an anniversary that uh, that happened that uh, that we missed on this program and I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed uh, about it uh, it's the anniversary of the only time in the history of mankind that a nuclear weapon, more than one, has been used on human beings. Uh, I'm talking about, of course, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, Hiroshima was uh, back on August 9th, uh, 1945. Excuse me, that was on uh, August 9th was Nagasaki, and the sixth was Hiroshima, and. I don't know what uh, what else can really be said about this. If you haven't taken the time, maybe you're a younger listener and, and you haven't ever seen the photos. If you haven't ever read the descriptions of the horrors of what happened to people, what the destruction was like. The uh, We were watching uh, Russia, Russia Today, actually. We were uh, pulling it off the, the KU band dish here at the studio the other night, and that's what gave us the heads up because Russia Today was covering this, whereas none of the other uh, news networks bothered to talk about it. I'd heard it on NPR, but I, you know, I thought it was I th- thought it was this weekend, not ne- last weekend. So you know, one of those things. One of it the did, it did slip by me too. One of the survivors was talking about how the skin was melting off of his uh, his arms. Yeah. Uh, that's you imagine how hot it is for your skin to just melt off, or how whatever it is. I don't I mean I don't even know what makes your skin melt off. It's just when you look at these stories, and uh, and it's just so shocking. It's just so horrible. And the idea that anybody ever thought this was uh, necessary, right? And that's where um, you know, like. I think that you could make an argument for the Pacific theater of World War II. I think you can say that we were, you know, trying to protect these islands from the Japanese and uh, that uh, they, you know, that they, they attacked America first. And so. Yeah, except that wouldn't be really the truth. What, that they attacked America first? Right. Uh, America put a, an oil embargo against uh, Japan. And yeah, but it, it was American oil. And if you're of the opinion that countries own their citizens and the vast majority of people think that way, then um, then the way they see it is it's American oil that America is not allowing uh, Japan to have. And it was blocking done in, people in the so-called free country from doing business with the people. In indeed. Japan. But that's more of an act of war against its own citizens than it is an act of war against Japanese citizens. Do you understand? Well, and then there's also uh, the idea that and, and uh, the reason Roosevelt, they did it. 
the reason they did it was because uh, China, because of the the aggression from Japan on China. It, it was it was it was a time in history when imperialism was beginning to fade. Um, it was it was a much bigger deal back then, and it was fading. And I think that uh, you know Japan wanted its place in the sun. There's no doubt that it was an imperialist nation. As far as you know, the United States certainly didn't want Japan to rival it in any way. It felt that uh, it had um, you know an interest in the in the Pacific, in the South Pacific specifically. So they were rivals, but you know, I I can't fault too much from the factual side of of United States policy, uh, you know, and leading up to World War II. And there's also uh, evidence out there that suggests the United States federal government uh, was well aware that uh, th- they were essentially trying to rattle the saber to get uh, Japan to attack them. Uh, there's different. Things you can point out about that. It's they- almost conspiracy- conspiratorial. I mean, it, yes, I think they did want Japan to attack, but I mean, you know, it's it's difficult to know who wanted what, who who knew what, and when they knew it, and and all that other stuff. I'm not saying, but the, you see, this isn't the the argument is doesn't doesn't end there. Just because, let even if you say that the war was justified uh, against Japan in 1940. That doesn't mean that the invasion had to take place, and that's the reason for the uh, the dropping of the bombs was the uh, was because it had to be a complete and unconditional surrender. But the United States had heard from Russia already that the um, that, that there were overtures coming from Japan as far as surrender. But the ne- it was necessary to drop these bombs. I mean, really, they, they just they just felt they couldn't they couldn't go about this in any other way. Why did, they- did the Japanese mainland, when the Japanese had no intention of invading the mainland of the United States, uh, there was a Japanese general who said, "I'd never invade uh, America. There'd be a gun behind every blade of grass." Mm-hmm. They had no intention of doing that. Um, so what what is the, what was the necessity of invading Japan? Why did you have to have an unconditional surrender? I, I don't when know. The, it's when the conditions that were asked were. All all um, to Russia were actually granted after an unconditional surrender. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's just sick. It's just sadism. It's horrifying and despicable disrespect and disregard for human life. That's all. What else can you say about it? There's no justification period ever for doing something like that. I mean, there's no justification for killing innocent people with regular bombs and regular guns like we're seeing happen in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. And there's no justification there. And there's certainly no justification for the wholesale slaughter of uh, hundreds of thousands of people. Or I don't know how many people died in uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but it was no small number. I would suspect it was close to six digits. Um, I mean, you know, some people will claim that there were legitimate military targets there. um, And, you know, certainly there were some factories, but you don't drop a nuclear weapon on a city in order to blow up a factory. Um, The other things they'll claim is that the Japanese citizens were rabid nationalists, and certainly that's true compared to places like uh, Afghanistan. Absolutely true. They were much more nationalist. I don't think they're much more... I don't think you can claim they're more nationalist than the United States, but, you know, it's it's drawing a generalization. Should the innocent people um, who aren't going to be nationalists and aren't going to pick up arms to fight Americans have been killed wholesale with the ones that, that would have picked up arms? And, you know, there's no way to know these things. And, and why? Once again, why was it necessary to go in and, and invade the homeland and take over and, and you know, install a, a military dictator and all these things that were done? 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. I just thought that we would be remiss to not uh, mark this particular anniversary. It's one 
I think that everybody should remember. I mean, obviously, many people weren't around for it. Uh, most probably, most of the people listening were not alive that uh, at that time, and it's one of those things that that should not fade with uh, with the passage of time. It's something that should be avoided at all costs. The first thing the someone's going to do when when you bring up this subject and you ask these questions like, why was it necessary? To, uh, you know, why did the the military the, the military leaders and the uh, political leaders of the United States feel it was necessary to invade Japan? Is they're not going to answer that question. They're going to say, "You're a bad patriot. You're a bad American." To invade or bomb? You mean bomb? Well, the reason for the bombing was the invasion. Do you understand? They invaded Japan. Okay. Um. The 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 concern was you'd need a million men to invade Japan, and that they would there would be a, a huge deal of uh, of of casualties because the Japanese nationals were very nationalistic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. And so to avoid that, they dropped these bombs, and then within uh, days the surrender came. Because the expectation was they didn't know if you know they dropped one, uh, then waited three three days, dropped another, then who knows you know how many more they have and when they're going to yeah, drop the next so one. Horrible. They had no idea. So um, you know the, uh, the, the it was actually the military, the leaders that uh, forced the um, uh, the surrender at that point. So. You're welcome to share your thoughts at 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Also, coming up, uh, we've got a, we've got some education-related news here. There's a story about this valedictorian and the speech that she gave at her high school graduation. I guess stirred some folks up. We'll share that with you. Plus, we've got seven reasons not to send your kids to college, and they're pretty persuasive. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Take control. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Features including stuff like our live streams, broadband version, dial-up version. We got them both. Uh, plus, listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen to Free Talk Live around the clock. Uh, get on over to listen.freetalklive.com for all the details. Get tuned in. Listen.freetalklive.com. John Shaw and Osborne from Think Twice Productions team up once again with the mighty Stefan Molyneux to present a brand new epic video, The Sunset of the State. See it now at thinktwicenews.com. It's thinktwicenews.com. I've seen it. It is truly epic. It's well worth your viewing at thinktwicenews.com. All right. So, uh, Mark, I just wanted to I wanted to dig in a little bit further here to this whole uh, Japanese Pearl Harbor thing. You're kind of when whenever we talk about the uh, the US government and its wars, 
over the last century or so, mm-hmm. you usually give them that one. You I do. You usually give that to them. I generally do. And I don't know why, because I know we've talked about this stuff before, and I usually get a little hazy on a lot of the details mm-hmm. about what happened because I'm not an expert. I haven't done a diligent amount of research on this uh, as far as the, the startings, the beginnings of the uh, Japanese-American uh, conflict in I have. World War II. I'm glad you have, uh, and I've been doing some uh, some research here. So you must be familiar with the McCollum Memo, then. I don't know the name of it. Okay, well, the McCollum Memo was uh, written as a Navy intelligence or IQ analyst uh, wrote an eight point memo on how to force Japan into war with the United States. This was written in 1940. Uh, beginning the next day, Franklin Delano Roosevelt began to put them in effect or into effect, and all eight were eventually accomplished. Tell them to me. Now, somebody has done us the favor of scanning in the original McCollum memo uh, onto the Internet. And it's a fairly, it's a, it's, let's see, about a six-page. Yeah, sure. Long, they, 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 they don't pay these guys top money because they aren't uh, able to type out a nice long memo. Right. But so basically the first portion, uh, the, the beginning of the memo is a justification for the reasons why the uh, analyst believes that it would be good to get into war with, uh, with Japan and then proceeds to outline, and this, the outline here is fairly short, of what should be done. Uh, so, uh, part uh, number nine here of the memo, it is not believed that in the present state of political opinion, the United States government is capable of declaring war against Japan without more ado, oh, without more ado, ado. and it's barely, it's hard to read this, by the way. It's, yeah, it's, it's barely, probably scanned an yeah. awful type copy. It's barely possible that vigorous action on our part might lead the Japanese to modify their attitude. Therefore, the following course of action is suggested. So, he points out that, okay, yeah, you know, these, these people in the United States, the Americans, they, they don't really like the idea of getting into war necessarily. So there are some things that we could do to change their opinions. Uh, if, if Japan were to attack the United States, uh, as he goes on to say in point number 10, if these means, which I will outline in a moment, if by these means Japan could be led to commit an overt act of war, so much the better. At all events, we must be fully prepared to accept the threat of war. So here are the eight things uh, that he was advising uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt to do in order to get into the war that they wanted so much. A. Make an arrangement with Britain for the use of Britain bases in the Pacific, particularly Singapore. B. Make an arrangement with Holland for the use of base facilities and acquisition of supplies in the Dutch East Indies. C. Give all possible aid to the Chinese government of Chiang Kai-shek. D. Send a division of long-range heavy cruisers to the Orient, Philippines, or Singapore. E. Send two divisions of submarines to the Orient. F. Keep the main strength of the U.S. fleet now in the Pacific in the vicinity of the Hawaiian Islands. G. Insist that the Dutch refuse to grant Japanese demands for unique economic concessions undue, excuse me, not unique, undue economic concessions, particularly oil. H. And this is an interesting point. I, I thought it was just an oil uh, embargo. Completely embargo all U.S. trade with Japan in collaboration with a similar embargo imposed by the British Empire. So basically, cut them off. Move your military troops into the area. Move them specifically to the Hawaiian Islands uh, as a tempting target. In fact, as the website I found this on, uh, whatreallyhappened.com points out, uh, apparently... FDR had proposed sacrificing six cruisers and two carriers 
uh, at Manila to get into war. His chief uh, objected, uh, Navy Chief Stark objected, saying, I previously opposed this, and you have concurred as to its unwisdom. Particularly, do I recall your remark in a previous conference when it was suggested and the question arose as to getting them out, and your 100% reply from my standpoint was that you might not, losing, might, not, might not mind losing one or two cruisers, but that you did not want to take a chance of losing five or six uh, also, apparently, uh, back in 1940, FDR ordered the fleet transferred from the West Coast to its exposed position in Hawaii following the advice of McCollum well, in the document. The, 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 the term exposed there is, is just uh, sort of uh, – that's editorializing. Uh, but I would say well, that – Well, it's not editorializing when uh, Commander Admiral Richardson uh, complained multiple times that there was inadequate protection from air attack – and no protection from torpedo attack, Richardson felt so strongly that he twice disobeyed orders to berth his fleet at the Hawaiian Island uh, area, and he raised the issue personally with FDR in October and was soon after replaced. His successor, Admiral Kimmel, also brought up the same issues with FDR in June 1941. Right. Well, e- even if they are exposed, it's also a uh, a more uh, aggressive stance, having them closer to Japan, I would right. say, too. You so know- cut them off from all trade with the United States, put your military troops within easy reach, and basically entice them into attacking you. Right, but that's not, uh, you you know as well as I do, that that's not an an excuse for an overt act of war. No, it's not an excuse, but that's what they were intending. So to to act like the United States government was just, oh, we got I I, I hope I didn't act that way. But you always hand it to them. I do hand it to them. They wanted war. It it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They did want war, and they got war, but it doesn't change the fact that the Japanese were complicit in it completely. Sure, and so was the South when they attacked the fort. Indeed. Okay, but that doesn't mean that they the the United States people were somehow okay or they military were... men and pol- politicians are never going to act peacefully. It is against their interest. It is only in the interest of citizens to act peacefully and soldiers, uh, real you know, on the ground soldiers, the people that pay for it and the people that catch the bullets. Those are the only ones uh, for whom war is a bad thing. Politicians and and high high level military people these. These are good things for them. So, of course, right now, the people in Washington, D.C., and every government all around the world world want wars that they can win. Yes, they do. It benefits them, and it benefits their military-industrial complex buddies. I just don't think that you should give them a pass on this just because (laughs) Japan did as they were enticed to do. Look, um, (laughs) if if one of these cops in Keene, New Hampshire, punches you out in your jaw— while you're doing some of your civil disobedience, I am going to be outraged. But I'm going to tell you that I think going out there and doing some of the civil disobedience that you do does entice them. You know? Going out and doing... Look, I understand. I'm not defending what Japan did. I'm not saying they were justified. Then they're wrong. Then that's all there is to it. But the U.S. government was wrong by putting an embargo against them. It's an embargo against its own citizens. It's an an embargo against those people. It's not an act of war against... uh, If it's it's your own nation. Whatever, dude. They are cutting people off from doing business with one another. That's outrageous. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, 
Let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go, and you can enjoy all the features free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites. Head on over to freetalklive.com. You can enjoy stuff like our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. Uh, lots to talk about. Serious issues, silly nonsense. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com are given every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we all have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. All right, we go to your phone calls. John is on the line in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John? Hey, you're on the air. Yeah, this is John Bush. John, hey, you're out of jail. Out of jail, yes, indeed. We had uh, precious little information. John Bush is with us, who we've had him on the show before, uh, from Texans for Accountable Government, was arrested along with uh, Chanda Panda the other day out in uh, what appeared to be a college campus for not being in the appropriate free speech zone and actually attempting to uh, assemble and uh, engage in one's alleged freedom of speech. That's the impression that I got from watching the video, but I hadn't seen any kind of write-up or details. So what happened? Yeah, that's pretty much spot on. Uh, We have a little press release we put out at tagtexas.org, and you can find the video by just Googling or YouTubing John Bush arrested. But uh, there ended up being five people arrested. I went out there. It was during a uh, Barack Obama visit to the University of Texas campus to discuss his uh, wonderful education agenda. He was also in town to raise money for some other Democrats running for Congress. But I showed up with the purpose of ensuring that people's civil liberties were not violated Additionally, to document the event, I had a press pass even and a camcorder as well. And additionally, I was there to protest the war and try to get these Democrats back to their uh, anti-war sentiment that they had before Barry took office. And, uh, yeah, pretty much spot on. We ended up getting hassled by the dean of students' office, additionally the University of Texas Police Department. I was arrested uh, as I walked over to another gentleman, an info warrior that was there with his Barack Obama as the, as the Joker poster, and he was arguing with about 10 or 15 Obama supporters. And as soon as they asked him to leave, I stepped in and said, you know, you have a choice to leave. It's not the law. You don't have to leave. And then they said, we want you to leave, too. Um, and I refused to leave respectfully, and I got arrested. And the charge was disorderly conduct? The charge was criminal trespass at public university. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's nice that you were able to give them some tax money to keep that in, that university going that you weren't allowed to stay at. That's right, and that's nice that my president was able to there you know speak his mind, but we weren't able to speak it our mind back to to him. I actually uh, didn't refuse to leave. I just continued on. I, I read them the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, and told them that uh, if you guys arrest me, you'll be violating my civil rights. I, I ask you to use discretion. You're about to violate not only my freedom of press. Freedom of speech, freedom of the press, right to peaceably assemble. That's three rights you'll violate. Now, uh, weren't you they, arrested after Chanda Panda? Because I saw the video of her being arrested, and you were not at uh, at that point in cuffs. So uh, was didn't she get popped first? 
Yeah, the first person to get popped was a buddy of mine uh, who lives in San Marcos, Texas, just south of Austin. I went to Texas State University with him down there. He got arrested for having a big sign. It was a uh, gray, it was a tombstone that said RIP Free Republic. And he was outside of the free speech zone. None of us ever stepped foot in the free speech zone, of course. Uh, but he was outside of it, and he refused to go to the free speech zone. He tried to walk by a police officer after they told him to go there. They arrested him. Chanda got arrested after bullhorning outside of the free speech zone and then discussing with the officer the whole merits, the idea of a free speech zone period. She was arrested during that. And I was arrested about 30 minutes later after the speech was already done with. So uh, how were you treated as the police took you away? Did you stay in jail overnight, etc.? What was uh, the rest of the story? Yeah, I was there for about eight hours from around 4 to 12. Uh, the police officers themselves, there's the Travis County lockup, so it's Travis County Correctional Officers. Uh, there's no complaints about their conduct. However, as uh, you're well aware, uh, it's not very pleasant to have your freedom taken away, to be tossed in a dirty uh, little 100-foot square cell. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't pleasant at were all. You, uh, were you alone? Did they segregate you out, or were you with other people in there? We were in the uh, general booking area. Chanda was there as well as Daniel. And then uh, later on, after about three or four hours there, they took us up, made us change into the traditional gear, and they took us up to a private cell, which was isolated. So, uh, let's see. Was that your first time behind bars, John, or have you been arrested before? First time. I got my wing. (laughs) (laughs) God, congratulations. So, what's the plan? Uh, Clearly, is this a Class A? Do they have Class A, Class B misdemeanors down there? Is it a misdemeanor, et cetera, violation? Do you know any of that detail at this point? Yeah, we have A, B, and C misdemeanors and felonies. It's a Class B misdemeanor, uh, punishable up with up to $2,000 fine and 60 days in jail. I plan on getting a legal representation and uh, fighting those charges and then pursuing whatever means after that uh, to ensure that I'm compensated for the, uh, uh, the burden that they put on me and also to work uh, politically to see about banning free speech zones uh, entirely in Austin to make sure that type of uh, stuff never happens to anybody else. Uh, glad you're all right. Glad that uh, things went as, as smoothly as they could have, all things considered. And sorry to hear that sure. free speech is uh, is dead in Texas. Yeah, thanks for calling in, too. That's unfortunate. Well, thank you guys for the uh, for the inspiration and the motivation. Uh, you guys are holding it down real strong up there, just simply choosing your freedom. And unfortunately, sometimes consequences. <laughs> it's jail time as a consequence. And it's a sad day in America when free speech becomes civil disobedience, but well, you guys keep it up down it there. It is a sad day. Okay. Sometimes the only way to freedom is through a cage. I thank you, John, for the call tonight. And keep us in the loop as to what's going on out there. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. I don't have the Martin Luther King quote in front of me, but uh, I was reading one recently about how he was happy to be arrested for some of the things that uh, that he did. A lot of people would suggest that you should be frightened or intimidated or scared by uh, their process and their arrests and their cages. And, and he was uh, overjoyed uh, because he was being arrested by an unjust system because it showed itself. It allowed the uh, the people within that system to show themselves who they really for who they really were, and that is people that were advocating inhumanity toward their fellow man. It doesn't make them look very good when they do that stuff. Of course, there are the people that support the the system, that uh, cheer it on in all of its depravity, and those people, I don't know if there's much hope for them. Maybe there is. Maybe there is, but I, I tend to not really worry myself too much about what they're saying. 
And, of course, uh, that is the kind of view of the establishment, as has been echoed by a local newspaper here in Keene, New Hampshire. If you were listening to the show uh, about a week ago, you know that I was arrested on Thursday for being in the city council chambers while enjoying a beverage uh, from a brown bottle, which was labeled not a beer. It happened to have water in it. And because I asserted my right to privacy, as John Bush was asserting his right to free speech on public property, because I asserted my right to privacy on public property and wouldn't hand over the bottle for a search, they arrested me on so-called disorderly conduct charges. They also arrested Sam from ObscureTruth.com and another lady activist here, uh, Monica. So I'm not sure when their trials are going to be, but my trial date is scheduled for December. And there's already talk about... There, there's been talk about some sort of a countersuit to put a stop to this kind of nonsense in the future, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little more open-minded to that sort of an option right now uh, as a harm reduction method, because the the bureaucrats themselves won't be held individually accountable. The bureaucrats themselves, you know, they're not going to have to go to jail or anything like that, so they won't, they wouldn't be aggressed against personally in some sort of a uh, countersuit. But the city of Keene might uh, have to pony up some cash in order to make a settlement or, or something like that. Uh, so who knows where all that's going to end up uh, panning out. But nonetheless, uh, I think it's just, the, it's just the case that, unfortunately, in order to get to freedom, you're going to have to do more than just beg. Because begging hasn't really worked so far. Begging and cajoling the politicians to let you be free people. How's that worked so far in the, in the past? Not so well. Well, if I get begging, you mean running candidates and stuff like that. I think the Free State Project has shown that you can do all kinds of uh, activism and have success at it. It's just uh, it's a matter of doing what, what speaks to your, uh, to your heart, I guess. That's right. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. Coming up, seven reasons not to send your kids to college. We'll share them with you and take your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those. And if you want to help support the show, there's a few different ways you can do that. One of them is by shopping with us. Just go to amazon.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done. Get the stuff that you need, the stuff that you want. Get it delivered to your door. Dozens of categories. I don't know how many items they've got. It's got to be millions. Millions. It's got to be. huge. Uh, get your shopping done over at amazon.freetalklive.com. You get free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of the brand new items there. Of course, there's also used as well. If you want to save a few more bucks, go to amazon.freetalklive.com. And get your shopping done. Story from dailyfinance.com. And this is a theme. Uh, this is one of my uh, favorite themes on uh, on this program is that stuff they tell you that you should do, probably not the best idea. Specifically in this case, college. It's one of those 
It's one of those things that they are constantly indoctrinating young people with as they're growing up. Now, if you want to be successful, you've got to go to college. You've got to get your degree. You hear it over and over again when you're going up through middle school and through, especially through high school. Okay, kids, we've got college day coming up. We come on out. You've got to meet all the recruiters. I think there was a time um, when this was more true than it is today, and it it just goes to show how public sentiment tends to uh, you know lag over what reality is. I think that college uh, you know college today can be a great idea for one if somebody else pays for it, mm-hmm. like say a scholarship or or something like that um, or you know there's some rich uncle that dies and, and decides that rather than give you some money that you can open a business with, he's only going to give you a college fund. Fine. Use the college fund for college and then, you know, get, get started with life. But the, so many of these kids go because they're told that they've got to go to college. They go and they, they rack up these huge debts that are going to, that are, that put them a decade behind the, the, anybody else. So daily finance has seven tips for you here. Seven reasons to say no college to your kids. Imagine a retirement where you could have an extra million to three million in the bank with basically no effort. Now imagine telling your kids that you aren't going to send them to college. And you go on, you want them to immediately start a business or get to work as soon as they finish high school. I would say get to work before you finish high school. The heck you want to be there for. Anyway, these are difficult things to imagine because we've been so scammed by the career industry that tells us we need college degrees in order to succeed in life. Regardless of how much money we spend on uh, for those degrees or what we actually do with our lives during the four to eight years that it takes us to get those degrees. Now, the, the, I, I agree with that. I think that there are you know, the people that go back to school to learn a specific thing that they, they believe they're going to use to better their career and stuff like that. That I support much more. Sometimes a career uh, path will actually put you through the college. So Indeed. That, that, working certainly, somewhere. that certainly happens. Um, I'm, I'm all for education you need. I'm against education. You don't. And so many 18-year-olds pop out of uh, 12th grade and think that college is 13th grade and that they've got just, you know, that they just have to sign. Yeah, they have to just have to sign a piece of paper that, uh, you know, hangs this huge debt over their head. They don't know anything about debt and they'll just go Mm -hmm. ahead and sign it and they'll, uh, you know, they'll get themselves a good old fashioned communications or liberal (laughs) arts degree or something that's equally as useless sociology, psychology, the French horn, I don't know what. And then uh, they spend they spend a decade working it off. I mean, but Mark, it's it's all worth it for the, the connections that you'll make. The networking. I, 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 I think you should you should talk to people who have been to college about this because I don't believe that's true you anymore. You don't want to just talk to the I college I think that recruiters? was true 40 years, 50 years ago when there was in a good old boys club. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you needed to you need to do that. But now there's so many people who have been to college in so many places. I don't think it's worth the networking at all. Yeah, the fact is, I these... mean, my wife got a degree. I've been paying that thing off since she's mm-hmm. been a stay at home mom. It's really sweet. What kind of networking did she get out of that? I certainly didn't meet her at college. Yeah, how many of her uh, old college networked buddies are in any way involved in her life? These Not days? one is the answer to that. And then, of course, there's the promise of more money, which is what the college recruiters like to tout as one of the big reasons. Well, you're going to make more. Well, we've as we've discovered, that's not quite true. In fact, they're going to touch on. I think they're going to touch on that here. So let's jump in. Uh, according to DailyFinance.com, the article uh, writer says, uh, in my view, the entire college degree industry, this is James Altucher. Uh, is a scam, he says, a self-perpetuating Ponzi scheme that needs to stop right now. Here are seven reasons to say no college to your kids. Number one, 
More than 60% of people entering college take more than four years to graduate. So whatever you think your kids are going to cost you to go to college, add 20% to 100% to that number. Number two, the cost of the average college tuition has gone up ninefold since 1976 versus sevenfold for health care and threefold for inflation. Number three, the differential in lifetime income between a college graduate and a non-college graduate over a 45-year career is approximately $800,000. Read on, they say. Number four, if I put that $200,000 that I would have spent per child to cover tuition costs, living expenses, books, etc., into bonds yielding just 3%, any muni bonds, he says, and let it compound for 49 years, adding back in the four years of college, I get $851,000. So my kids can avoid college and still end up with the same amount in the worst case. Yeah, $840,000 ought to buy you a car in... Uh... 2035 or whatever number five so, but but he's pointing out there that it, putting all that money in up front into this college education isn't really worth it when you can you can make as much on the back end just by investing the same amount of money it, it may be true I, I don't know i mean i think that i think that a college is valuable for people that know what they're going to do and those people aren't 18 is what my generally not 18. I'm always very impressed by the the figure skaters who are, you know, in their mid 20s, they're at the Olympics and they're doing their double axle backflips or whatever it is that they they do out there and they've been doing it since they were 9. I'm always very impressed with those people, but that's the reason that they're Olympic level athletes is cuz they found something that they're, they're so incredibly passionate about. 18-year-old kids are passionate about beer and the opposite sex mm-hmm. and cars. Um, you know, college doesn't teach you. Well, I guess it teaches teaches you plenty about those things, but you don't need to spend the money for it. I, it's it's my opinion. You should go out and get a get a get a real job so you know what it's like to work. And then, and then start your own business. Find decide, out what you love to do, and then yeah, figure find out, out what that's that's really what it, what it's all about. Now, I, I can't say I went out and found out what I wanted to to do. In fact, it found found me. Sometimes that happens. It does happen. But I think you need to get out there and work every day. But when you go to college, you get yourself a four year degree. Then you go out and you realize, ha, huh, I hate this crap because college doesn't even teach you teach you what it's like to do it. Well, remember the other important point, Mark, about this eight hundred thousand dollar difference. Uh, again, the difference uh, the differential between lifetime incomes between a college graduate and a non-college graduate over 45 years is approximately $800,000. Some numbers have shown that as being higher. It, it just all depends on who you're you're talking to, but either way, when you look at that uh, when you look at the number that that difference um, let's see, I forgot where I was going to go with that uh, with that point. The uh, the $800,000 uh, difference that uh, this, that they're pointing out here in this uh, this story is uh, is includes the people who are really really making a lot of money. Like when you look at the 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 spectrum of college graduates, you mentioned the communications degrees, the uh, liberal arts degrees. Right. I think it would be interesting to see of the liberal arts degrees what the uh, lifetime income differential is. Right. Because yeah. when you factor in the lawyers and the doctors and the big big earners, then that brings that number up. That allows the college uh, proponents to really put out a big number. Like, well, the average. The, da, 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 and the money you'll yep. make is this amount. Take out the doctors. You factor them out. Take out the doctors, the lawyers, and the uh, the engineers. Take out the ones that you know, because nobody just takes 
pre it's rare for somebody to take pre med mm-hmm. that doesn't intend to be uh, to, to go to be a a doctor. It's it's rare for somebody to take pre law that doesn't intend to be a lawyer. It's rare for somebody to take whatever courses are to be an engineer that doesn't intend to be an engineer. But college is just chuck full of stupid, worthless degrees or nearly worthless degrees. Right. So that's uh, and I don't I've never seen those numbers. I don't know. Maybe somebody has actually crunched those numbers right. to look if you at could, that. I'd, I'd love like, to take out a hundred grand, maybe take make? out the just the graduate students, uh, you know, people that the people four, that, just look at four year people. Yeah. People that have only taken four year degrees. Mm-hmm. I would love to see what they make um, comparatively. And I'd like to point out that somebody that uh, that that goes on to college has more drive generally. So what you're finding is you're finding hmm, people with more drive. Make more money. What a mm-hmm. surprise. Yeah, if you get out there and you're persistent and you get out there and you do what you love to do, you will be successful. And you shouldn't kick yourself over not having a college degree because, again, if you look at the people with just the four-year degrees, I don't know. I'm speculating as to what extra they would make over an entire uh, 45-year uh, work, working lifespan. But let's just say it's you know a couple hundred thousand dollars because they're saying here it's $800,000 on average. So let's just talk about the the average four-year person let's just say it's a couple hundred thousand dollars you how much are you paying on interest on that college loan you've got what fifty thousand dollars maybe thirty thousand dollars in college loans maybe more than that and then you're paying a bunch of interest on that what does that come out what does that compound to what does the average college student end up paying out on that college loan down the line if you've got a fifty thousand dollars in loans what do you end up paying later a hundred thousand i don't know i don't i've not i've never run the numbers would love to hear from you at 800-259-9231 free talk attention all active-duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live, you are invited to take control of the airwaves and dial in via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Uh, And again, the number 800-259-9231. Last hour, for those of you just tuning in, we started talking about seven reasons not to send your kids to college by uh, James Altucher from dailyfinance.com. And he's pointing out that uh, basically this whole thing is a scam. Maybe at one time it was worthwhile, and maybe for some people it still is. But for a lot of kids, for a lot of young people, shouldn't call them kids. 
for a lot of young adults, college is a waste. It's something that they pour money into or mom and dad pours money into. And if it's the, if it's the young person that pours money into it, it's usually not their money. Uh, usually they had to get it loaned to them, which means that they've then got debt hanging over their head after they get out of the, the four years or however many years it ends up being. And so uh, he's talking about here, one of the points he's making is that the difference between uh, an income, lifetime income, between a college graduate and non-college graduate over a 45-year career is approximately $800,000. And he points out that if you put in $200,000 into just a 3% bond, uh, get, get that, uh, for 40, put that in for 49 years, uh, then you'll get $851,000 out of it. So you'd make up the difference right there. Uh, of course, not everybody's in to the amount of $200,000. But then again, not everybody makes the $800,000 mark if they've got that. Uh, they, don't, they don't make that $800,000 differential if they've got the college degree because that $800,000 includes the super earners. It's an average from what I understand. So it includes the super earners like the, the doctors, lawyers and the, the doctors. Lawyers, yeah. So what happens if you take those people out? I, I would like to find that out. I don't know if anyone's crunched those numbers. But if you've just got a four-year degree – what is the lifetime differential between the average person with a four-year college degree and the average non-degreed person? That's what I would like to know. And you also pointed out, Mark, that uh, the, the, one of the reasons why college people make more is also because they're just more motivated on average than perhaps the regular people that don't go to college. And it's motivation. It's uh, the, the inspiration to get out there and show up and, and do and create and innovate uh, that is, uh, is what is rewarded. So uh, we continue here with the seven reasons not to send your kids to college. Number five, if smart, motivated, ambitious kids, the types of kids who get the most out of college, avoided college, I'm sure the differential would be a lot less than $800,000 and may even be negative, i.e. they would make more if they avoided college and just started going into the business world earlier. Uh, number six, the average debt burden of a college graduate is $23,000. That's up from 13000 just 10 years ago. Students with professional degrees can see their debt burden go higher than $200,000. Total student borrowing has topped $75 billion. It's too much for young adults just starting their careers. Number seven. Because I don't see how you could argue that. I mean, you know, it's it, it makes perfectly good sense. It's it's one thing if you're going in for just a, de, a degree in something that you know you want to do, doctor, lawyer, engineer, things like that. It's another thing entirely if you're just going because you think that college is the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things he doesn't get into here is what that debt is like. He doesn't get into the details of what it's like for a college graduate who has to start making those debt payments shortly after they graduate from college. Uh, now they're out into the world. Now mommy and daddy aren't taking care of them. They're not living on the uh, in a dorm anymore. They are actually having to pay rent. They're having to uh, they're having to pay off this uh, this college debt on top of that and whatever other debts they might have racked up because who knows what they've done with their credit cards in the in that four year uh, time span as well. So it, life gets pretty difficult when you've got this debt hanging over your head that in many cases might have been entirely unnecessary. And when we've read stories about young people and the college debt they have and the burden that it is on a monthly basis in many cases they can't make those payments they, they just can't do it right it's just they're just not earning enough because they've gone out early they've they gone have... out into the working world and found that uh their their degree in in underwater basket weaving or whatever it is that they they got sold there at the the broadcasting degree that they got sold <laughs> at the college uh, just isn't worth anything yeah they're and, working as a waiter or something like that and they can't make it on that they just can't make those payments on that and of course you can't bankruptcy a college loan that stuff sticks with you for your entire life sure because it's government 
government back. They don't want to. They, they don't mind if the average uh, lender gets uh, screwed, but they don't want themselves to. So number seven, uh, alternatives to spending twenty thousand dollars per excuse me two hundred thousand dollars per kid so they can waste four years of their lives. He suggests that you give them $20,000 to start one to five businesses. Now, most businesses fail, but that's okay. The education from the process lasts a lifetime, and the network you build when you start a business will lead to many future jobs and possibilities. Also, he says, suggest to maybe travel the world. That would be an education that pays many dividends and is much cheaper. Your kids can then go to college with a much more mature view of the world. Work. You could do a lot cheaper. Uh, you, could, you could travel America. I did it on $2,000. I'll grant you that was 1998, mm-hmm. and it was the lowest gas prices the, the, the America had seen. In, in, Wasn't it like 99 cents when you went out? Uh, it was 89 cents in Union, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went through, that was the lowest, or 87. That was the lowest I saw on the trip. I actually took a picture of it. But you could expect to you know, pay $1.20 tops. Work. They won't get the best jobs, but they can make money, network, and get a hands-on education. Learn the value of money and go to college in their 20s when they can afford it and make every dollar worth it. Plus, your kids will have a more clear idea of what they want to do in the world. Now, I think that one's a really good suggestion. If you, if you feel like you, you still need to go to college for some reason, if you get into the job uh, market, if you get into the marketplace, you find some sort of uh, workplace that you enjoy, kind of job that, uh, that you at least enjoy enough to, to do it and, and, and be content with that, uh, that gets you connections, that gets you uh, experience, it gets you uh, the ability to develop a skill or multiple skills, and you get paid to learn. So while you're on, when you're on the job, they're paying you to train, they're paying you to learn their, their techniques and the things that they do to learn those skills. And so that could lead you to how who knows how many doors opening and, and windows of opportunity opening for you, just just getting out there and working. So a lot of these uh, young people that are spending four years and spending money in college could have been working those four years and earning money for those four years and then then using that money for whatever purpose, maybe to actually go to college. Think about the maturity that happens uh, as well in that uh, that time frame. Because I can tell you that I changed a lot between age 18 and the, the several years after that. I've changed a lot since 25 to, uh, to now I'm 30 at this point. Uh, but just, just think about the, the increase of maturity that you would have if you skipped over that, uh, that college portion. Because like, like you were saying, Mark, a lot of kids go into college to party. You know, they want to find That's the, what it's all the about. party school. And if you're out working instead, and this is what I was doing in high school, is I was working uh, while most of my friends, uh, the people, or at least my uh, com- uh, compatriots, the age range uh, that I was in, were, were partying every weekend. And I graduated from high school with $10,000 in the bank as a result of me working instead of partying. And so if you're... I, there's not too many high school students to do that. No. And if you're doing the same thing in college, where if you're working and you're developing skills and you're developing uh, your ability to uh, interact in the workplace uh, and network and all that... Then you get out four years. Let's say four. Let's see four years later. You're, you know, you're 23, 24, something like that. I guess you get out at 18. So maybe you know, half of the way through your 20s, you're probably going to be a little bit more mature at that point than you were at age, say, 18 or 19. And if you then decide that you now know why you want to go to college, whereas before it was because they told you to. Yeah. When it was 18, when you were 18, they told you you needed to go, but you decided, no, no, I can do, I can do better on my own. You go through a few years of working. You start to uh, discover yourself. Because a lot of people at age 18 don't really know what they want. College, 
College kids change their majors. They're notorious for changing their majors multiple times, which means they pretty much were spinning their wheels and wasting uh, their money or their parents' money while they were still trying to figure out what they wanted to do with their lives while they were sitting in college. That's a real expensive way to figure out what you want to do with your life. Indeed. Right? You, could, you can go out into the marketplace and do that uh, you know, work, and then you'll figure, that, figure it out at the same time. You'll figure right. something out. You know, so, I, I mean, I, <laughs> but then you get back into college after, let's say you've, you know, you've been working, you're in, now you're in your mid twenties or your mid to late twenties and you figured out what you want to do. Well, then when you go back into college, you've got a sense of purpose. You've got a reason for going. You've got a, you've got a mission that you're on and you're not going to F around. I wouldn't think, I would hope you wouldn't F around and party every night if yeah. you're 25 in college versus being 18 in college. Right? The biggest concern of uh, college students is, uh, does the weekend actually start on Thursday or Wednesday? <laughs> I mean, that's that's how these kids think, I'm afraid. More coming up here at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. A few more suggestions uh, to alternatives to college coming up in your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. Death, its shadow followed Paul. Its hot breath had flowed across the back of his neck. Its cold fingers had caressed his throat. As Paul dabbles in the occult world of the Ouija board, a dangerous netherworld opens up to him, and he discovers the frightening possibility that a demonic dimension may be merging with our own. Read Matthew Wayne's debut novel, The Ouija's. To find out more, available now as an ebook at IPIC Publishing, IPICPublishing.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. So enjoy those again on us at freetalklive.com. Features including stuff like our news updates. You get updates uh, via your email box or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Choose with the ones, uh, the delivery method that works best for you over at news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. So what's the reason that you don't bother writing your Congress critter on, on important issues that are important to you? You've always been told when you were growing up to do such a thing. Is it because you know in your heart that it's pointless? It doesn't have to be that way. Your voice can be raised with that of tens of thousands of others. Just go to DownsizeDC.org and sign up now for their downsized, uh, Downsizer Dispatch. They will send you a Downsizer Dispatch a few times a week on important issues, and your voice can be heard with tens of thousands of other people right through the Congress Critters website. So it, uh, you know, it's not going to be just tossed away as spam. It's coming through their website, DownsizeDC.org. Uh, I'm signed up for it, Ian. Yes, long time. Yep, and uh, I, I think it's a great organization. DownsizedDC.org. We continue with your uh, calls here. In just a moment, I just want to finish up some thoughts here from DailyFinance.com, and there are seven reasons not to send your kids to college. They're talking about some of the alternatives that uh, you might want to suggest to them besides throwing away $200,000. Uh, volunteer. Let them see a side of life that is harder and where they can add value. An education like that is invaluable. Or do nothing but read. Get the benefits of a college education 
without paying the $200,000. I'd be happy to support a child that wants to homeschool a college education. In fact, now uh, you can get all kinds of wonderful information from the Internet. Right. Some colleges are even putting their curriculums online. So if you wanted to, you could just go and self-study all this stuff. <laughs> really, what good does it do to sit in a uh, classroom and listen to a lecture? I don't know about you, but I can't stand that kind of Now uh, more than ever, a degree really is just a piece of paper. I mean, it. when you're talking about being able to go online and get any information that you want to get, you can do that. It, it, you know, I mean, you can you can study. I do. I study all kinds of information. I want to know about history and economics, and I'll study these things. All right. So let's go to your phone calls. Uh, David is, or rather Dave is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Dave, New Hampshire, going once. Dave in New Hampshire, going twice. Hello. 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 You're on the air. How you doing? What's on your mind, Dave? Uh, well, i got to disagree with you guys. I think that a college education is very worth it. I think it shows a sense of accomplishment. It shows uh, uh, that someone can get through something. And, you know, you can tell someone that you have read all this stuff, you have all this knowledge, but if you don't have a degree, how do they know that you actually did? If you go to apply for a job and you say, well, you know, I spent two years... How do they know uh, you didn't cheat on the tests to get your degree? Well, obviously they don't know. You can't tell if someone's a cheater or not by talking to someone, but you can tell whether or not they pass their classes. Well, there are are other ways to accomplish things in life. You don't have to go to college to get a feeling of accomplishment. Uh, There are plenty of different things that people can do to, uh, to feel accomplished without having to lay out a bunch of cash. You don't want to spend the money. If you don't think that it's worth it, then don't do it. But I, I'm just saying that I think it's worth it. Well, My daughter goes to college right now, and it's a very expensive college. And I think it's totally worth it. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, but do you, I, you feel that way? I, and, but do you, do you understand how you might be invested in that? I mean, you know, that, that, uh, that maybe your mind's been changed because you've got so much money behind it? I mean, I have so much money behind it? What do you mean? Well, you're spending a lot of money to send your daughter to college, right? Is that what you said? Well, she's got grants and loans and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, are you? Uh, I'm spending some of the money, and she's gonna, but she's gonna owe the bulk of it, the bulk of it. But uh, you know, she got scholarships, grants. She worked really hard to get where she is. What, she, and, what is she going to college for? What's uh, the degree? She's got a couple different, couple different things that she wants to study. Anthropology is one. Uh, you know, it's the chances of her having a great job coming out of college probably aren't that great but uh it's it's just a better more formal education than you're going to get you know doing reading books well that's what they would have you believe yeah that's certainly what the college folks would uh, would have their clients uh, believe and i don't i don't disagree that college is is right for some people i think it absolutely is depending on the you know the kind of field that you're looking to get into but wouldn't you agree dave that there are a lot of young people who end up with a four-year degree in something and they never end up using it for anything uh no i wouldn't say that they never end up using it for anything i, I would say that they don't necessarily follow up on the degree that they you know in a business or whatever in the degree that they got their degree in, but uh, one of the things you learn in college is how to learn, and some people are fine doing that on their own. That's great. So you're saying that, uh, high, are you saying that high school doesn't teach people how to learn? Because I think you're right. 
college does, and high school is, is high school, and college is college. And in college, you're on your own. And no one's going to sit there and tell you that you have to do this, you have to do that. Your parents aren't with you anymore. And it's, it's a much bigger learning experience. What than, are you... What are you going to do if uh, in your jun- in her junior year you find out that your daughter is going to need another year or two to finish college? Because uh, the numbers here are 60% of uh, four-year students take longer than four years to complete their degrees. And then you're going to be responsible to some extent for paying some of that, right? Uh, it's her education, not mine. I'd be more than happy to help her out as much as I can. Uh, but it, she's the one that's got the loans. The loans aren't in my name. I help I help her pay things like that, but if she comes out of college and she's got a two hundred thousand dollar debt, which she won't, the college is going to cost more than that. But she's got, like I said, grants and scholarships and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, don't you don't you worry about your daughter having a two hundred thousand dollar debt though? I mean, like that it won't would, be that much. What's that? It won't be that much. Is it going to be a hundred thousand? No, not even close. Like I said, she got a lot of scholarships. She's That's great. I, I want her to get scholarships, dude. I, I, I recommend people that have scholarships go to college. I'm just, I'm, I'm deathly concerned of a kid coming out of school with the equivalent of a mortgage when essentially they're, uh, you know, I've got a friend who's got an anthropology degree. You know what he's doing? He's going door to door and uh, arranging people's garages for them. Uh, I mean, he's doing excavation in people's garages, <laughs> you know, and I'm sorry. Uh, Anthropologists y- don't excavate things. Well, if you don't want to get a college education, don't get one. I, I that's uh, don't well, I'm down, telling you, don't right? Put down uh, the fact that people have college education. Sure, it's a good thing. I, I say, people, I say that um, people the should vast get. Majority of people who have college education earn far more than people who don't have college education. And the people that's that had college educations have bigger have debts. Education. That's not to say that everyone who doesn't have a college education can't get a great job or lead a company or things like that but it's like it's an accomplishment well, well, it's, something, it, it's a feather to stick right. in your hat in your cap but having like college you know, isn't going to make you more likely to to own a successful business successful yes, business people that have that That's personality is go are the ones that are going to have business college teaches, successful college teaches people to plug into the system not to be entrepreneurs and, uh, and and strike out on their own but i thank you dave for the call i appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I wish I could take my time back that I spent in college. It was a waste of time for me. Luckily, I only went through two years of it. More coming up. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, no worries. Just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website going back for the last week. And if you click into the archive section, you can go all the way back to 2006. It's all free for you at freetalklive.com. 
Uh, the point of this uh, discussion about college isn't to attack people who have gotten college degrees. Look, if you've yeah, gotten a college sounds, degree... Yeah, if it sounds that way, then, then we're failing at what we're doing yeah. here. If you've gotten a college degree and you feel it was worthwhile, great. I'm glad it was worthwhile to you. It's just that more and more people are saying that it wasn't. More and more people are deciding that they, uh, they would have been better off without that debt load. And, and, and I'd like to point out, I don't think that the individual is, in fact, the best person to decide what's worthwhile for them or not. I mean, that's not looking at something scientifically. Um, I agree with with you, Ian, I wish I had the dollars that I spent on my high, on my college education back because it's been of no use to me. However, um, I, I think that a person who did get a college, I, I for instance, I, I knew somebody who ran a successful magazine that had uh, a degree that was completely unrelated that she said that she found valuable. Well, no wonder she invested four years and tens of thousands of dollars in it. If she were to say that uh, it was it was you know she should have she should have just come up with an idea and open a business and uh, you know save that kind of time and money then she'd have been silly right that would have been foolish mm-hmm. but uh, you know and I'm not trying to call anybody a fool here I'm just saying that the system the way that we educate our kids is you gotta go to college and what I see from college kids having gone there having lived in a college town is a lot of uh, of wayward nimrods puking in the front yard <laughs> I'm sorry that's what I get to see and I just don't think these kids are getting much in the way of education um, when when and most of the, most of their time seems to be spent on partying, and it's those kids I'm talking to right now, and the parents of those kids. If your ki- if your daughter wants to be an anthropologist and she's got uh, uh, you know scholarships to to be an anthropologist, and in fact you see at the end of four years she's got her degree in anthropology, then hoorah, you did the right thing. By sending her to college. However, if your kid goes in, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do. I'm going to figure that out. Um, and then they go from, uh, you know, degree to degree to degree. Here's, here's some warning degrees. Sociology, psychology, philosophy, communications, liberal arts. Like these are warning signs that you don't belong in college. I'm not saying everybody who's ever gotten these degrees didn't belong in college. I'm saying they're warning signs. Oh, by the way, Mark, uh, anthropology is the study of humanity. So when you hear anthropology, it sounds like somebody's getting out fossils and dusting them off, but that's not... Maybe my friend was an archaeologist. Uh, maybe yeah. he got his degree in archaeology instead, but uh, right. it's my understanding these people work closely together. Um, I, I'll have to ask Anthropology has origins in the natural sciences, humanities, and the social sciences. Anthropology's basic concerns are what defines Homo sapiens, who are the ancestors of modern Homo sapiens, what are humans' physical traits, how do humans behave... Why are there variations and differences among different groups of humans? How has the evolution? Well, I suppose there could be some level of uh, dig- so they are digging into the past. How has the evolutionary past of Homo sapiens influenced its social organization and culture, and so forth? I know a young lady who uh, I think got a degree in anthropology, and she is now the manager so of a uh, archaeology food is a subset of anthropology at the university he graduated from, which was Texas Tech. Okay. Now I still haven't. Uh, so it's my understanding that he got a, an archaeology degree, which is the, therefore anthropology. Anyway, I know a nice young lady who uh, has one of these anthropology degrees and she is uh, working as a manager at a local uh, food uh, services servicing establishment and she makes jewelry. So, you know, I don't know how well that uh, degree has done for her. I don't know if she's got any debt. I hope she doesn't because boy, it would really suck to have a, a useless degree and a load of debt on top. Yeah, Not quite as bad to have parents throw a bunch of money at a useless degree. It's fun. Then you've just wasted 4 years of your life uh, partying. 
Yeah, these it's it's fun to learn these things. I love learning history, but I can just do it and uh, and self direct so much better. All right, let's continue with your phone calls. Cliff, I believe, is with us in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Cliff. Cliff, hey guys, how are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm glad you guys are talking about this subject because I I kind of agree with you as far as um uh, I, I, I find degrees for the most part pointless. I went to UM for a few years, and I was trying to get a degree in business administration. And um, basically, I just, you know, I, 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 I thought it was a waste of my time. But something happened to me recently, and by recently, I mean today, <laughs> where I went to a job interview. And um, everything went well. And as far as I can tell, you know, I, I nailed it. But one of the requirements for the position is a, is a bachelor's degree. Oh. You know, it certainly <laughs> happens, especially when you're talking about larger companies and things like this, that yeah. they'll, they've will they kind of got this uh, this pale, uh, paleological kind of uh, uh, holdover from back in the day when you needed degrees to learn things. But, um, you know, I think that the smaller and the more nimble the company, the less likely they are to require these things, and they just want you to have the knowledge. Yeah, well, one of the good things is um, I think that uh, they can substitute experience for for the degree. So it's just not. I mean, it get a lot of times right now it's uh, it's basically a market where you know they have so many people applying for these jobs. So sure. you may take a look at two people with similar experiences. They say, hey, this guy has a degree, therefore he's in. You know, so that's that's one of the things where you know it can give you an edge. Right, and and that does exist out there, and I think a lot of it probably exists because people who have been to college want to uh, be exclusive to people who are kind of in the same club. I, I bet you that the person who created that rule uh, was somebody who went to college. So, oh, yeah, well, we just need to set the bar up here, and I, I, th- I think that's – I agree with what Mark says is it's uh, these – you know, the, the corporations out there, they have these rules that are probably don't change very often and it probably would be in their best interest to look at all of the applicants and as you're saying there are other options with uh, with which you could get in but it sounds to me like a kind of a good old boys club like oh well, we've got our college degrees so we're going to keep everybody else out that doesn't have one and i think that's unfortunate yeah sure is. but I'm, I'm hoping that you know they'll take a look at the experience and that'll be you know they'll find that to be more valuable than the actual degree itself uh, so that's where i stand right now very good cliff do you still have uh, college debt that you're paying off uh, actually, no, I'm all paid, I'm all paid up because uh, for the most part, I didn't have to get much, uh, much, very many loans. I think I had like 2,000 in loans. So, oh, that's I'm, not I'm, bad. I'm good to go. That's yeah, if you can get it, if you can go to college with two thousand in loans, go. You should, yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks, Cliff, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you yeah. at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Luther in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Luther. Hey guys, what's going on? What's on your mind tonight? Well, college. Um, actually, I went to college briefly for anthropology. Oh, okay. Um, and archaeology is one of the four main subsets of uh, anthropology, archaeology. Uh, just to kind of get that out there, there's archaeology, cultural anthropology, physical anthropology, and linguistics are the four main categories. Got it. So why um, did you but stop? Anyway, what's that? Why did you stop? Um, because I didn't want to be the manager of a food uh, service place. What made you realize uh, that? Um... Well, I figured it was either that or I'd become a teacher, which I didn't want to do. I mean, why would I? I've, I had been to school my entire life thus far and hated it, and I was going to school again so that I could work in a school, and it just didn't make much sense to me. Um, but I, since I've gotten out, I've discovered more, uh, like a greater lust for learning, I guess you could say. Like, I just want to learn more stuff, and I'm trying stuff out here in New Hampshire. Like, I uh, I want to save up to get a welder eventually. I've been doing uh, machinery uh uh, I try, I'm trying acting, I'm teaching myself new musical instruments. I mean, I'm more motivated to do this stuff than I was 
when it was kind of required, like doing homework and stuff. And I still like to read about anthropology, like Mark said, with history, you know. I'll still uh, learn about it that way, and it's much, much cheaper. Well, would you say then that you would agree that the suggestion earlier for a young person who's just getting out of high school to actually go to work is a good idea? That way they can be focusing more on uh, creating skills and, and networking and all that and, and move past the partying stage uh, that they would normally experience in college to sort of find themselves. And then later on, once they, they find a love, if they didn't have it, like I certainly didn't when I was in school, uh, the love for learning to develop that over time. And then once they know exactly what they want, maybe then they would decide that going to college would be useful. Yeah, I think that sounds like a great idea. Um, actually, there's something going on with the uh, informal university that's going to start, I think that's in Manchester or Concord, I forget. And where you just go and learn about stuff that you're interested in, and they'll have people there teaching certain types of classes, like uh, I believe Stephanie Murphy's teaching one on personal communication, like one-on-one people-person skills, and uh, somebody else suggested like a basic elect- uh, electrical class for like basic electrical People sharing skills, that's very useful. More coming up. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. If you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we would invite you to become an amplifier. Do it for as little as 3 bucks a month. We will take your money in and reinvest it into the program. 3 bucks a month buys you, you know, a hamburger or something like that. It's not a lot. Uh, but it makes a difference for us because a bunch of people giving three bucks a month means we can have quite the promotional budget to spread the ideas of freedom as far and as wide as possible. Go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options available as well. And you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, uh, podcast, and more. Get all the details, get signed up amp.freetalklive.com. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers become law enforcement officers. It's an epidemic of police brutality and, in some cases, murder across our society. The answer? Film the cops. Put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Check out freedomcam.net. They offer discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while you video. They have a uh, summer sale on spy video cameras going on right now at freedomcam.net. All right, so we continue taking your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Uh, I I don't know if Jay is still there. Let's try Jay in Indiana. Jay, are you with us? I don't know if we lost his call. I think we might have lost his call. Jay going once, Jay going twice. Yep, I'm here. He's there. Jay, go ahead with yeah. your thoughts. Hey, so I'm going to change the subject a bit, but I will sure. come back to college. Well, you can bring up anything, so go ahead. All right, I know. Uh, so first of all, uh, I want to give you an update on a call I made to you guys about five years ago. Oh, heavens. Um, at that point, I described, I used the name Windquake at that point. I oh, described okay. a story where my daughter was ill, and I went out to a store to get her some medicine. Yeah, that's right. I remember this. 
Yeah, due to the drug laws, uh, you have to fill out some forms and all this. And due to the time it was, the pharmacy was closed and the front desk was closed, and they told me to come back in the morning. Right, so you would have been able to get the pseudoephedrine-based medicine that you were looking for. Had it not been put behind the counter by some piece of legislation, it would have been, you know, three in the morning or whatever time you went when the pharmacy was closed, you would have been able to just snatch a box off the shelf had it been, you know, 10 years ago. But then they passed this legislation that requires that you give up driver's license info, photo ID, etc., and just to get your hands on some cold medicine, it was pretty upsetting for you. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, if uh, I don't know if you recall this or not, but that was the thing that kind of pushed me over the edge towards liberty. So uh, in a way, I guess it was a good thing. But um, anyway, so the update, my wife and I were recently traveling uh, away from the city of Indianapolis, and we were outside of the bounds of Indianapolis, and one of our daughters was, again, feeling ill. And we decided to stop to pick up some medicine, and she went for the Sudafed. My wife did, and she went up to the counter. They were open. It was a Walmart at this point. And uh, I don't know if it's a Walmart policy or, or a state law or anything, but uh, when she went up to buy it, they asked her for the zip code. She gave them our zip code, and they told her that we couldn't purchase it because we weren't within their acceptable servicing zip codes. What? Yeah. So, so that really made my wife extremely angry. Uh, which I, I was kind of happy about because she tends to not quite uh, swing the liberty direction all the time. So, Well, unfortunately, your daughters have to suffer because <laughs> of uh, all these learning experiences. Yeah, we, we were, uh, you know, luckily we weren't too far away, and we ended up uh, coming back a few hours later and, and got her the medicine that she needed because we had some at home. It was just traveling. So my, my thought is they must be doing this to try to prevent people from purchasing large amounts at separate stores around. Right, going from store to store to store, sure. Sure. So, but anyway, so so there you go. It, uh, a little update. I don't know if that was in place the whole time or something new, but that was a nasty little surprise uh, a little while ago. You know, uh, I, the obviously not everybody who gets pseudoephedrine, because I mean, I'll take it sometimes when I'm ill. Um, I tend to be careful with it. I'm sensitive to drugs in general, but... You know, not everybody who takes it uh, is just sort of your over-the-counter kind of person. Some people have some uh, some real issues where they need to be able to get this over-the-counter drug, and this is what works best for them. And it can actually be situations where it's life-threatening. Right. Yeah, and I, I know you guys have read stories before where people have needed, their doctor has told them to take a certain amount, but that amount violates the drug laws. And, you know, they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place because of... Uh, the data mining and whatnot. It's just so crazy. I mean, the, the whole idea that these laws preventing people from getting their hands on Sudafed-based or Sudafedrin-based products like Sudafed are somehow going to put a stop to meth- methamphetamine manufacture. It's just, they're just living in a complete fantasy realm. Right, right. So uh, another thing, uh, about a month ago or so, I'm a little behind on the podcast, uh, you guys were talking about... Uh, uh, security officer somewhere who shot somebody on a subway platform a yeah this was the uh, the, BART, uh, the bay area rapid transit uh, cops down in san francisco they executed a man in full view of uh, probably a couple hundred people and multiple video cameras right. while i think he was handcuffed at the time they certainly yeah. had him under control yeah. it was multiple well, cops there was uh, some conversations that went on for quite a while on the show through multiple nights and someone i want to say it was luther i may be incorrect about that it could have been puke he talked about how police officers are trained to have their gun on their dominant hand mm-hmm. and how this, this guy's uh, excuse was that he meant to grab his taser, but he's trained you yeah. know, to use his dominant hand, and so he ended up shooting the guy. And really, I just it, something bugged me about that, and I finally realized what that was, and that's the fact that 
why are they trained with their dominant hand to use the deadly weapon? Wasn't the taser the whole point to use that to not kill people? And why isn't that their first option? All good I questions, and uh, maybe I a cop can very maybe a cop well, can answer them. For you, you know, I can, I can see the personality type, and I can see that um, the reason that somebody would do say some quick draws in the mirror every night, you know, so they're they're good at it and everything. I I mean, I can see see build, building neuromuscular pathways to the gun. I mean, if you've uh, you know, which one's more macho, the gun or the taser? I can see why sure. they would do that. Um, you know, it. I I don't. Obviously, it was a tragic circumstance, but I tend to think I, I, you're supposed to give them uh, some level of doubt, right? Uh, what, what is the uh, what's the criminal uh, thing that they're, it's beyond a reasonable doubt? And right. I can come up with the reasonable doubt that this guy came, uh, you know, pulled his uh, gun instead of his taser, and I can see why they would, uh, you know, practice that and, and that kind of thing. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying like I get it, kind of. Right, I do too. I just found it very telling that they're training to pull the gun first uh, when the taser first came out. The whole point was it was supposed to replace the gun when it came to drawing first. Uh, to I, thought it was to re- I thought it was to replace the billy club. And, uh, you know, you don't see cops carrying those things around anymore. And the taser is meant to be a more humane way. Uh, you know, people died from billy clubs, too. Sure. It's just that it, it. the problem with it is it's easy. It's easy to whip out the taser and uh, to zap somebody with uh, with it rather than pulling out the uh, the gun or the billy club or whatever. Jay, any other thoughts? Well, yeah, uh, I was going to talk about airport security, but we'll say that for another day. Uh, just to wrap up, I attended three years of college. It uh, pretty much was a waste of time. Uh, this was years and years ago. It's been over 15 years since I've been out of college. Uh, I never got a degree, and uh, it may have hampered me a bit, especially when I was younger, but over the last five, ten years or so, uh, it, it really doesn't matter. It's all work experience, really. Yeah. And that's how I got where I am now, and I've been very successful, especially in the last three or four years. So. Excellent, sir. Nice to hear from you. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it at 800-259-9231. It's always fun with people uh, who called many, many moons ago. Uh, call back in. 1-800-259-9231 to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, I wanted to just put an idea out. I haven't really heard anybody, I mean, maybe somebody has, but I haven't really heard anybody um, voices this idea but if you think of a college education kind of as a commodity you know you're, you're using it to sell yourself and and things like that what's happened over the years is more and more people have gotten these college degrees therefore the supply is way up and the demand is way down so a college degree is not worth much of what it was when only a few people were getting them so you're saying the market is uh, kind of diluted with uh, too many degree holders? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it used to be that if you were a high school graduate, I mean, you know, 100 years ago or so, if you were a high school graduate, you were highly educated. Well, sure. go 100 years ago, when you, when you look at those tests online from sixth graders 100 years ago, you're like, well, I can't answer those questions. Yeah, I'd like to put the average college kid up against one of those sixth grade tests. Right, and that was going to be, you know, kind of like my next point was that when when that was happening and very few people, the, the kids coming out of high school were actually quite intelligent. And like you said, nowadays uh, somebody who earns a bachelor's degree, if you look at some of those tests, might have problems with some of them. I mean, I know I've got a master's degree, and I know I had problems with a few of those questions. 
I could answer most of them, but a few of them were really, were really tough for me. Thanks, Matt, um, for sharing that tonight. I appreciate hearing from you as always. Hour number three is on the way. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll free. 800-259-9231. If we get a chance, we're going to share with you what one valedictorian had to say at her high school graduation about what her experience was like in high school, because college is certainly not the only education system that's messed up. 1-800-259-9231. Hour 3. Next, your calls about anything are welcome. It's Free Talk Live. So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of Liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. This is Free Talk Live, launching into the third hour of the program, taking your calls about anything at 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Again, you can visit us on our website at freetalklive.com. Main feature of the site actually allows our listeners, you, to uh, control the content of the website. You actually, uh, if, if we didn't have listeners on our website creating things, our website would have nothing on the front page because... All of it was put there by listeners like you. You see something online you think is pretty cool, you submit it to the website. Other people then vote up or down as to whether they like or dislike. And the most liked will make it to the front page of the site, meaning we're more likely to see it, other listeners are more likely to see it, etc. It's all free, freetalklive.com. We're going to continue here with your phone calls, of course, because that's the best way to get your thoughts on the airwaves. 800-259-9231. To the phones and the fun, Keith is in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Keith. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I wanted to talk about ACTA, but I also have something to say about the college, because I'm a college student now, so which one would you like to get first? Let's do uh, college. Go ahead. College. So I'm going to DeVry, and I, I like the school, but um, I'm also working for a software company, mm-hmm. and I find what I learn by myself and through the software company a lot more, you know, I find that I'm learning a lot more at a faster pace, and, you know, I'm, I'm absorbing the uh, information a lot more than I am at DeVry. Now, DeVry um, is a technical uh, institution? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, so you're, um, you're learning software-related things at the college, and you're also learning things at the job. Is that right? Yeah, uh, DeVry would like to describe themselves as a uh, halfway technical college, halfway university, because they're starting to you know, have uh, classes where you have to take, you know, some history and tar- have to take some uh, language arts and so forth. So they're not strict focused on just programming. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I've learned PHP, uh, JavaScript. I mean, I've learned three languages before I've learned half of the languages that DeVry is supposed to be teaching me. Jeez. So, I mean, that could just be me, but... Um, and you're getting paid I- to learn at the, the job, whereas you're paying to learn at DeVry. Yes, yes, yeah. That, yeah, that's a great way to put it, because... Mm. So, yeah, so, I mean, I... But I, I have to go to school because, I, you know, I stay at home with my parents, so, I mean, to make money, but... um. Wait a second. Um, you have to go to school because you stay at home with your parents... 
to make money? What does that mean? I have to stay at home in order to... No, I have to stay at home because I don't have enough money to live on my own. Okay. And if I stay at home, I have to go to college. Because part of the my deal. Parents are, yeah, it's part of the deal. Yeah. Well, so, the, yeah. so the, the issue that we've been talking about here is brainwashing for, uh, you know, for, for education, the idea that you have to go to college in order to be something. And your, oh, yeah, parents, but- your parents apparently are brainwashed in this area. I mean, you've got, a, you've got a job that's teaching you how to do what you're going to school for, and you're getting paid to do it and learning more. But they want you to go to college anyway. And, and this is really what we're addressing on this particular issue. Yeah, it's a prestige ticket. It's like, hey, we're all part of the same group. You went to college. I, I, don't, I, I don't see what it is. It's, um, do you know what it is? What, well, that's wait, exactly wait. what it is. It's it's the it, it's a it's a way for uh, people to exclude other people. Um, you know, it's it, it, the clubs are all about who you can exclude, and going to having gone to a university is a way to exclude people. I can't tell you how many li- times in my life I've been asked, "What school did you go to?" I, you know, the answer is I didn't. Did you, then did you have people turn up their nose at you after that, Mark? When they, uh, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, how, how would you ever know that? Well, I I, I can talk about one situation. Uh, Julia at one time. Her dad was has been going to college his whole life. He's a teacher, and so they, he keeps going back to earn the next degree and the next degree and the next degree because apparently that's needed in order to get jobs in the very limited field of teaching. Right? You, you can only get a job there when somebody dies, essentially. So mm-hmm. it's it's pretty difficult uh, to get in. And uh, he essentially turned his nose up at his own daughter when uh, she decided that she didn't want to go to, to college anymore. You, you, you're not my daughter anymore, basically, was uh, was his response. And to be very rude to her at that point, because because she didn't share the same vision that included a college education for her life that he did for her life. He essentially put her on the outs. And it was all very ironic because he's in his 50s and he still has college debts that he's paying off. And she's in her early 20s, now mid-20s, and she has no she has no. Not to mention debts. that his, his wife is the, the main breadwinner in the, uh, in the household. Yeah. And oh, he, didn't want, he didn't want his daughter to grow up like his wife, who was a waitress when he met her. And, um, you know, the, the fact is that she's the one bringing the money in. So I've definitely seen that attitude from uh, from I mean I haven't seen it personally but I'm I'm aware of that uh, that that attitude exists especially in people that have been going to college and have gone to college for a long time. The funnier thing is my boss, the owner of the company, said the same thing. College is just about the uh, the prestige. Mm. I think it gives you a ticket to learn what it is you're doing in a lot of cases. A lot of companies will decide that uh, you can't even come in and learn how to do a job because college doesn't teach you how to do a job. College teaches you maybe some basics and, and stuff like that, but it, it's the ticket to get in the door for some companies. Yeah. So tell me about ACTA. What was that all about? The, the uh, ACTA, now I heard about this recently. It's, um, you know, the power over the ability to censor the Internet. Are you, are you familiar with that? I am not familiar with any of this. What, what are you referring to? It's anti-act.com, and um, it's some type of uh, the agreement or uh, some legal situation where the the ability or the president or some type of legal official has the ability to censor the internet. And it's supposed to be in operation by the end of 2010 and in planning since October 2007. I don't want to make any solid statements, but it's pretty big from the forums that I come from online. So 
I thought it would make it to you guys because this is all about freedom of speech and all that stuff. So. I think this is the internet kill switch that we've uh, that we talked about about a month ago. Boy, is it a kill switch or is it censoring certain portions of the internet? Uh, censoring, but I mean, you could you could censor the whole thing and that's essentially a kill switch. Which is, uh, yes, it's been put out as this big, uh, scary specter, which I think would be absolutely insane for the government to do something like that. Of course, then again, they are the government, and they've been known to make some really bad choices. So uh, so are you suggesting that the government will have the ability to arbitrarily decide from a distance to remove something from uh, people's ability to access it online? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. That's what it's saying right here. The scope of acting includes counterfeit goods, generic medicines, Internet censorship. So, yeah, basically capping off different sections of the Internet, they say, is, I don't know, dangerous or terroristic or, you know. So you were just bad. calling to make us aware of this? I was, yeah, I was calling to um, ask if you knew of it. Is this the Anti-Counterfeiting Trade Agreement, ACTA? Yes. According to Wikipedia, it is a proposed plurilateral agreement, that's a new word for me, for establishing international standards on intellectual property rights enforcement. ACTA would establish a new international legal framework that countries can join on a voluntary basis. Yeah, it'll be voluntary, don't worry. (laughs) And would create its own governing body outside existing international institutions such as the World Trade Organization, World Intellectual Property Organization, or the United Nations. Negotiating countries have described it as a response to the increase in global trade of counterfeit goods and pirated copyright-protected works. The scope of ACTA, as you pointed out, includes counterfeit goods, generic medicines, copyright infringement, and the Internet. Uh, Because it isn't in effect a treaty, ACTA would overcome many court precedents defining consumer rights as to fair use and would either change or remove limitations on the application of intellectual property laws. So it sounds like they're creating uh, some sort of international tribunal, basically. Yeah. I I would, you know, like to have my stuff uh, protected. As you know, uh, intelli- you know my own um, my own product. I wouldn't want anyone else to steal it. But uh, there's still a lot of power behind the ability to censor segments of the internet. You know, different areas. Oh, absolutely! I think that's really scary. And I think that if you want to look to the government to keep your so-called intellectual property safe. I don't believe in it personally, but uh, if you want to look into the government to do that, you're going to have some pretty serious unintended consequences. And this uh, sounds like it's going to be one of them where the government people that are supposedly protecting you become more and more insulated from uh, what it is that they're doing and the damage that they're causing people. Uh, I don't think that copyright has done anything good for us in patents at all. I think it's all provided an illusion of protection. But in reality, it's just protected us from real competition and innovation and development and uh, new products and uh, new services from being created uh, based on uh, off of other people's old ideas. And I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. It is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com The 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. We've got a wiki, over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. Uh, you can edit almost anything there. All those pages created by you, listeners like you, over at wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-minded people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? I did, and you can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue taking your calls about what you want, let's go to Adam in California. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Mr. Bernard, God bless you for introducing me to Megadeth. Uh, How are you doing? I prefer Freeman, but uh, go ahead with your thoughts. So... Um, I was actually wanted to touch on that pseudoephedrine thing because it's kind of funny. You could probably make you could probably make that at home too. I mean, if you're willing to blow yourself up, the sky's the limit, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose you could make pseudoephedrine at home. I don't. <laughs> I doubt very sure many people way. have the plans uh, plans for that on the internet, so it might be kind of. And difficult. I'm not interested in finding them. I just thought. So. Yeah. Uh, that college thing, you know, I mean, you don't want to lump all the colleges into one basket, because I happen to go to a very cheap community college that is very prestigious across the country and in your country too. They you really got to look up your uh, your field. Call somebody who employs people in your field you're going to enter and ask them where they hire from, what colleges they like best. Because if you're not willing to do a little research before you pay for the opportunity, how are you going to get through college? That's a great point. Well, I, I think that we've ta- what we've been trying to say tonight is that the people that don't know what they want to do should stay out should stay out of college that's that's what my biggest concern is is you know there's nothing to research if you don't know what you really want to do when i was when i was looking at college at 18 years old i didn't have the foggy i mean you know there was there was some careers that i kind of looked at program to take at that point what's that i mean how do you decide what program to take at that point i think that's a phase everybody finds uh, themselves going through Indeed, but it's not a it's not a time to go to college. No, no, and that's the mistake people make when they believe everything DeVry says. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a, a slide just against one particular school or another. Every every college wants to get their kids uh, wants to get uh, these young people into their system as soon as they possibly yeah. can because well, if they there were programs and in my program there were courses I could have taught. I didn't learn anything in the core programs until I and I haven't finished the program yet. Uh, next year, they get more specific, like things like PHP, Ajax, all that stuff. But there were courses I didn't ever think I'd need, like technical communication, systems analysis, and design, and like 10 or 12 others I never thought of. And they will make me a great manager. I could start a business with what I know now, and I couldn't have done that before. It would have failed. So you're saying that uh, you think that the stuff that you, at uh, while you were in school, you didn't think you would need, you actually uh, could use I didn't later? Didn't know existed. Yeah, I I did start businesses and I did fail, and you know it cost me in some cases, uh, you know, thousands of dollars, and um, you know, some sometimes a, you know, probably in some cases like a five digits. But I, there's a lot of universities aren't going to teach those uh, feet on the ground things, and there's no guarantee that your business will make it the first time around either. Well, before you get into debt, do a little bit of research on your own time. Waste a little bit of your time. If you can't stand doing that, don't go to college. But I want to mention StartPage because there's a problem, guys. What's that? We know that Google is part of the NSA. That whole don't turn your stuff over and don't be evil. And when they defy the NSA's request for search results, so that was a stunt. 
to make people feel secure using Google. And the problem is with StartPage is they use Google Ads, and all your information, your IP and your search term, go straight through the no-record StartPage system to the 40-year data retention policy that Google has just to display those ads. So it's a trick, guys. No, that's not true. Um, It's not true. The the, the person who's involved in it has explained it to me, and I can't regurgitate it to you properly, but you can call um, uh, Catherine on her her radio show. She's got got one. Catherine Albrecht. Yeah, Catherine Albrecht. You can uh, hold her feet to the fire on that one, but as I understand it, that's not true. To to get on here and... and, She said she vetted them uh, personally before she got... If voting changed anything, it would be illegal. Well, I I wonder if StartPage really hit anything Thing. Would it be illegal too? What's that? I, I just oh, if it really hit anything. Well, I don't know. Now you're speculating. Um, uh, you, you made an accusation. Please call her and ask her because uh, it, she, this this woman is you know Harvard PhD, foremost uh, voice on privacy, she's a privacy nut in in America. And when she says worried. that it's true, I tend to believe her. Um, you know, and when some guy calls, as smart as he may sound. You know, like you don't have, to me, the credibility. No, no. So, yeah, let us know what you find out about that. And thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, when we first uh, had Catherine on to tell us about StartPage, uh, she said that it was vetted, that she wanted to make sure that when they were trying to hire her to come on as their spokesperson, that uh, she wanted to make sure she was getting behind a a good product and that the the privacy claims they were making were really actually true. Yeah, I I just can't imagine that she would get behind a product that wasn't. And when I hear Catherine talking about privacy, I think... She's a little nutty about privacy. Personally, I think she's, you know, she goes way beyond what I would ever expect uh, the average privacy advocate to do. And I would think that if uh, this woman knows her stuff when it comes to privacy, she yeah. is a, a, insanely uh, she's on gave, the ball. She gave a keynote uh, speech at one of these, uh, um, you know, privacy uh, conferences down in Australia. They flew her in from the United States and had her give the keynote speech. Let's go to Jock in the UK on the amp lines. Hello, Jock. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Just a quick bit about the uh, actor thing that the chat before last mentioned. It's actually something that you probably really should know about. It's it's bigger than bigger than he was talking about. I think um, it's a new. It's called the Anti Counterfeiting Trade Agreement, and it's a global thing, like the World Trade Organization. It will set up its own governance structures and so on. Um, and it has been um, negotiated largely in private by the copyright industry, by, by, by the media moguls and so on. And what it, will, what it will effectively end up as is, you know, if Warner Brothers think um, someone in some other country that's a signatory to this treaty um, is, is uh, breaching copyright, then they'll have the right to take that, uh, that country to arbitration and demand that they create laws to, um, to try and stop the counterfeiting so it's a big thing and, yeah. and it's a, i mean in europe it got particular press because i think the european parliament which uh, not many not many libertarians support but does some good things tried to insist that it was negotiated um in public so that so that people could scrutinize what was going on and i think it was the u.s government um, who uh, sort of overrode that and, and said, no, it's going to be negotiated in private with, with all our cronies. Wow. So, Sounds like scary stuff. So big, what do you think the end, end result thing. of this is going to be? Well, I mean, every, I think every country who signs up to it, like an international treaty, um, will have to create laws that, you know, for example, in the UK and France and so on, they, were, they had these 
sort of three strikes and you're cut off. So if your if your ISP doesn't, if you, your ISP's got a responsibility to try and make sure that you're not downloading stuff that's copyrighted, and and if the government doesn't create laws that you know punish that, then they'll they'll themselves be taken to arbitration by by the other members. So basically, it's uh, countries joining together to duplicate one another's oppressive uh, copyright laws yeah. and make more. Exactly. Thanks for exactly, the- and to allow and to allow a mechanism where one country's media giant, say producer of content, can um, uh, take another country to court. Oh for boy, it sounds like it. a mess. More coming up. Thanks for the call. It's a biggie. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at tollhouse.com. You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. You can take control of the airwaves simply by dialing in toll-free. You can bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site for free. Features including our webcam. You can watch and listen and chat. In fact, uh, we give it all away to you, so enjoy it all. Thanks to MemoryDealers.com. They're the ones that are sponsoring the webcam because it's not free to put on a website. But we do like to give the website to you and all of the features there. So enjoy those and get interactive uh, over at cam.freetalklive.com. Again, cam.freetalklive.com. And speaking of memory dealers, memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers like Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery, MemoryDealers.com. As we continue with your phone calls about anything, let's talk to ladies first. Susie is in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Susie. Hi, Alex. Uh, I just love your program, and I enjoy listening to you on the uh, airways. Well, thanks, Susie. You What's on true. your mind? What's on your mind tonight? Okay, my my idea. I wanted to ask a question uh, about Jesse Ventura's uh, last show. Do you know what happened to it? Are you talking about his conspiracy show? Yes, yes, sir. No, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about that. Mark, do you know anything oh. about that? I I haven't heard anything myself. No, I know that. Oh, okay. I know that some people liked it. Some people thought it was uh, cheesy. Uh, we've only heard from people that have called the show to talk about it. I love it. I loved it. I loved everything he said, and I love everything you're saying. He and is. If the people don't realize what you're saying is true, I feel sorry for them. What specifically? Everything about the, the way our country is going, and then the uh, all the. You know, Big Brother watching us and all that stuff. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Hmm. I don't know if we've discussed those things tonight on this uh, this program, but I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, I, I heard it, and uh, it was about the uh, cameras and the airways and the airplanes and 
Hmm. All that type. Of I think stuff, there's a you chance know? you might have heard a different show. Uh, you are talking. You are talking with Free Talk Live here tonight. Although I am against uh, the cameras, the government putting up more and more cameras. I just saw that uh, New York City is going to be installing a whole bunch, thousands more uh, cameras in their subway systems. And of course, they just the, can't get enough of those cameras. Yeah, you know, the random police checkpoints that are set up in the subways as well. And so, uh, yeah, police state definitely against the police state in favor of personal freedom. Uh, Free Talk Live doesn't tend to focus on the conspiracy theory stuff uh, so much because I don't think that really, I don't think that really helps the liberty movement uh, in general. And I'm all about spreading the ideas of, of liberty and exposing new, uh, exposing people to those ideas and getting them to come on board with them, getting them to adopt them uh, as their own. And I don't think. I don't think outlining a, a particular, uh, I guess, conspiracy theory, if you will, I right, I understand, is necessarily going to be the best route to that. I think that turns a lot of people off. Well, uh, it brought it more to the mainstream people, you know, and all that. But uh, I agree with you. On a lot of the subjects that I've heard you speak about. Well, thank on the you. Radio. I appreciate it. We just not here to have a uh, you know, love fest, but I thank you for the call. No, and I, appreciate... I know that. I know that. <laughs> thank. You. Was there anything else you wanted to share? You're certainly welcome to. No, I just want to say continue your show, and I listen. Well, we will. I've got nothing better to do, and I thank you. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. (laughs) That's what we get paid for, right? Well, not exactly. I did it even when I didn't get paid. That's Uh, true. Yeah. So 800-259-9231. The board up says she still thinks you're Alex Jones. (laughs) You know, all the way through the call. That's right. We've got to stop the new world order. (laughs) Continuing with Billy in Montana. Billy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Billy, Montana, going once. Billy, okay. you hey, are you there. You guys hear me? Go for it. Okay, you guys hear me okay, right? Yeah, we got you, Billy. Go ahead now. Okay, um, I'm calling to find out if um, you guys could advise me anything different on what I've been doing. Um, I have a problem with um, Town of Derry there in New Hampshire, stealing monuments and urns from the cemetery because they're just too damn lazy to get out and trim around the uh, monuments and urns they're stealing so the monuments and urns because they're too lazy to trim around them yes i don't it understand must... that well see what it is is that they'd rather sit on a riding mower and cut the cemetery grass mm-hmm. and you know just they don't want to get off the mower and start up a weed eater or anything like that and trim around the monuments or the urns or anything like that. And why would they steal them? I don't understand that part. Well, see, what it is is that they're removing them without permission. And the urns that were removed from our family plot date back to the early 1800s. People were cremated in the early 1800s? Uh, No, these were flower urns. Okay. So, so the reason why they're removing uh, these things is so they can just buzz over it with a lawnmower, is what you're saying? That's correct. Now, is this uh, <laughs> in in the town of Derry? Do they have their own parks department um, that's that's trimming it, or do they do they uh, contract this out to uh, an individual who does it? No, actually, it's the um, public works office that handles everything. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, how did you become aware of this? You went to visit a, a grave site and you couldn't find it, or what, what happened? Um, actually, what it was, it was a relative went there to uh, put flowers in the urn like they do every year and found out that it wasn't there. And they tried to find out from the town where did it go, and they denied the fact that it 
it was ever there. Now, was it confirmed that this had happened to other grave sites as well? Would these, yes, it is. Would, would these urns in any way be valuable? Uh, I mean, is there gold or something in them to where somebody else might have stolen them? Is it, is it a, an absolute guarantee that the, it was the town that was guilty of this? Well, according to Bill Gilman from the Dairy newspaper, that there was historic value, antique value, to the urns. And that's most likely what happened was the town went and removed them, then auctioned them off. <laughs> that's really, I mean, if that's really true, it's really tacky. And they'd also, um, it would have been in the last year because your relative <laughs> went there to put flowers in them. So- um, actually, I've been dealing with this now for probably about four years. Okay, so you wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I guess my question is: is you found out relatively quickly um, in in a in a space of months as opposed to decades, um, right? And and so would there have been an auction that the town had? Wouldn't you know about auctions? Derry's a town; it's not a city. So he's you, calling from Montana, though, right? Ah, uh, well, see, I don't have internet access or anything, and I live off the grid here in Montana. How are you listening to Free Talk Live? May I ask? Um, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> how'd you get uh, our phone st- number? Um, what happened was uh, years ago, our local radio station, you know, used to carry you guys. Oh, and, you're in Kalispell. Uh, Six hundred, the edge. Yeah. In Kalispell. Okay. Yeah, and um, Flathead County and the city of Kalispell did not like that um, radio station being there, so they pretty much uh, forced them out of business and closed the place down. Well, wasn't the allegation that the owner was essentially uh, slandering people on the air or something like that? Um, yes, he was accused of doing that, too. Yeah, and then I guess the people that he slandered ended up getting possession of the radio station as part of the settlement. That's correct in one part. From what but I understand. the main thing was is that the city wanted part of that um, air- airport uh, for that area. Part of, the, you know part of I mean? his land, part of the tower land or yeah, something like that? Yeah, because of... His tower would have interfered with their runway. So you just kind of hung on to the the call in number for Free Talk Live yep. all this time. Man, that's pretty. Yeah, nice. you guys resourceful. are in my Rolodex. Pretty it's resourceful. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I have to say, if that's what's happening out in Derry, New Hampshire, or anywhere that that would be happening, I mean, I am not a fan of graveyards. I think they're kind of silly. I think it's a, really a waste of space. But hey, it's your family. You can do whatever the heck you want. Um, but to well, to steal things from somebody's gravesite is really, I mean, that's the bottom of the barrel as far as love. There's a friend of mine who's involved in uh, local politics. I believe he's an elected position there in Derry. And uh, the best thing I can say is, I, I you know, send me an e- when you get to the library or something, send me. An I don't e- have I don't have internet access at all. Not at all. You haven't sent an email in your whole life. No. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, hey, here's what I'd recommend for you. Go and get yourself a, a KU Band satellite dish, and you can find Free Talk Live on uh, Galaxy 19. What's he going to do, pedal in order to bring it up? I mean, it there. No, well, you've got, oh, yeah, you don't have electricity. He's either, off the grid. Huh? That's correct. No electricity or anything. How are you calling us tonight? I'm borrowing a phone. Ah, okay, very good. Good luck out there, man. I don't know what else to tell you. It's Free Talk Live. Take okay. control of the airwaves. Yeah. Thanks. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can take control. Uh, Also, you can enjoy the archives over at freetalklive.com. Should you have missed a moment, never fear. They are posted for you the last week's on the front page, and then you click into the archive section, go all the way back to 2006. Thanks to HostGator. Hostgator.freetalklive.com. We were advocating, uh, we were advertising just Hostgator.com, but if you if you go there, you have to type in an act, like you have to type in the FTL code, and it's just maybe a little more difficult uh, to get to where you want to go. Which is the free first month. You get a free mo- uh, first month of web hosting, and of course their uh, site builder tools and templates by entering through Hostgator.freetalklive.com. Is that right, Mark? That's correct. Uh, they're a world w- worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own. Dot com domain name. As a matter of fact, they're powered by 130% by wind power. So they're, uh, it's, it's a green site, uh, too. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. That's hostgator.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, uh, we'll take your phone calls about anything. Also, uh, not going to have enough time tonight for the young lady, the valedictorian. Uh, valedictorian and her speech i'll uh, definitely put that on the show prep pile for later on uh, hopefully we'll be able to we'll be able to uh, to get to that in the meantime let's share some emails from mark emery the prince of pot he is in the clink unfortunately going to be spending five perhaps five years of his life behind bars for the horrible horrible crime of selling seeds well, he was selling seeds and he was speaking out against prohibition at the same time. Because plenty of people have sold seeds, uh, marijuana, can- cannabis seeds uh, on the internet. Not all of them have been pursued with the same uh, vigorousness uh, as Mark Emery has. The DEA basically made him one of their number, you know, one of their top ten most wanted for a long time, and they finally did get him. They finally got uh, the Canadian folks to. Uh, they finally got the t- Canadian government people to extradite him, and now he is sitting in a maximum security prison in Seattle, Washington. Uh, now, he luckily does have access to email there. It's a very limited system. Uh, the system is only allows him to have 30 different email contacts, and we are privileged to be one of those 30. So uh, a while back, I put out a request to our listeners over at facebook.freetalklive.com, put out a request to uh, have you, the listener, come up with a question or a series of questions for Mark Emery, and we asked those questions of Mark. He responded, and we've kind of been spacing them out and reading them when we get a chance here on the program because some of them were fairly lengthy answers uh, that he gave to us. And so I'm going to get back to some of these questions and answers here from Mark Emery, the Prince of Pot, the man behind Cannabis Culture. Maybe you've heard of uh, Cannabis Culture magazine back when magazines used to be popular. He had one, and now it's CannabisCulture.com, and it's a lot easier for him to run a website than it is to uh, run a money-sinking magazine. We've got another story about magazine subscriptions continuing to plummet. But nonetheless, uh, here are his responses to your questions. Question number seven. Surely the guards and other prison personnel know why Mark is incarcerated, that he never harmed another human being but is held solely for openly and effectively opposing the war on drugs. So I wonder what the personnel's attitude toward Mark is, the jail personnel, that is. Same as toward the the thieves and rapists he may be caged next to, sympathy or kindness here and there, maybe isolated hints of guilt. Mark's answer, 
The guards are aware of my status in the outside world. They see the full-page story in the Seattle Times, the volume of mail that I get, other clues. But they're ambivalent to me in that regard. But all COs, corrections officers I have encountered, I would consider professional, which is all I can ask for. And I appreciate that I have not met or seen any rogue employees in the Bureau of Prisons so far. I hope it stays that way. I think more and more over time that uh, that that contingent, the uh, rogues, yeah, is is being sort of worked out by just the the vastness of the system. I think that you know at one point convicts were. I certainly believe this. At one point, convicts were uh, of a class that was just far more violent than it used to be, and uh, that that the, the guards had to deal with that. They they came up with systems for dealing with that that were you know pretty inhumane, and there were very few of them. And uh, I think now that they've come up with a far less violent class of of inmate in general. I'm talking about generalizations. You're dealing with you know officers that don't need to be as violent, and so the system has gotten to the point that it it doesn't tolerate it nearly as much number 11 now we're going to skip a couple because he really uh expounds on the uh, the other ones so he actually gave us uh, number 11 before numbers 8 9 and 10 uh the question for number 11 when do you expect to be transferred back to canada this was your you actually asked this question mark most yes of, most of them came from uh from our listeners but i threw one in from uh, from mark as well so the idea was that he was going to uh, be in the united states for a questionable amount of time and then hopefully they would file whatever uh, paperwork they would need to in canada to get him back now he would be put in a prison cell in canada as i understand it so let's get to his answer here number 11 his answer in ex i expect i think he means uh, he wrote in expect that once i reach my destination fci after i think it's it's a destination federal corrections institution that's what that stands for after sentencing in september i will put my treaty transfer or i pulled in my treaty transfer application these days while the u.s bureau of prisons has been accepting transfer requests for canadian prisoners in the united states the canadian government has been the more more difficult of the jurisdictions however i have a great support network of tens of thousands of people writing and calling the canadian minister of public safety lobbying on my behalf to repatriate me. This includes several members of the Canadian Parliament, senators in Canada's government elected representatives, academics, performers, musicians, artists, and numerous prominent Canadians as well as tens of thousands of ordinary Canadians. I hope to be back in Canada by 2011 or 2012 and out on day parole or full parole in a time period about six months after my return, but that depends on how effective my supporters lobby the Canadian government. So if you are uh, someone who is listening to this program and you are in the political designation known as Canada, you can go and help out, Mark. There are ways to do that. Of course, one of the best ways to help him is to give him something to do, write him a letter. But as far as contacting Canadian authorities, I believe those details are available through Mark's website. You can go to CannabisCulture.com, and I believe there's a link right there at the top of the page that will take you to the free Mark Emery site where um, much more information is available to you as to the the different ways that you can help out Mark. And, of course, folks uh, here in the United States uh, and anywhere around the world, again, Take some time out. Write uh, write a letter of appreciation. Thanks to uh, to Mark. He received the photos from the folks that took the pictures out at the Porcupine Freedom Festival and was <laughs> was very much heartened uh, by seeing that that level of support here. And it it makes a big difference uh, when you're when you're on the inside. Mark, I mean, you were on the inside, but you didn't have anybody really on the outside besides mom that uh, that cared too much. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Would have been nice to get ten pieces of mail a day, wouldn't it? It, it was always I. What I would send away for catalogs and all kinds of things just to have stuff to uh, to go get. Hmm. So yeah, I mean that that's exactly true.
Of course, uh, Mark Emery, for those that don't know, he is the Prince of Pot. Uh, he has been world-renowned for the activism that he's done in the world, uh, the, the world of ending marijuana prohibition, but also ending all prohibition. He's a, a very liberty-minded dude. We'd, we've had him on the show a number of times in the past. He's, a, I would say he's an inspiration to me uh, because not only has he, has he done civil disobedience, uh, but he's also been a very successful businessman and entrepreneur. As I said, you know, he had his magazine. He also has his own store in Vancouver that they operate. He and his lovely wife, Jody, uh, are operating. And now, of course, she's operating the whole business on, uh, with, without him. Uh, which is, I think, incredibly, uh, you know, she's an incredibly brave woman to be going through this with him and, and having to lose her husband uh, to the jail system. But, uh, they, you know, he's an entrepreneur who actually takes his profits and reinvests it into the movement, which is what kind of what I do here with uh, with Free Talk Live. So he must be a brave, good soul. Well, I, I don't know if that's what makes him a brave, good soul. I'm, I'm just, just saying uh, he's an inspiration. Uh, fooling with you. Just an inspiration to me, and I'm sure he's inspired many others. And so if you aren't familiar with his case uh, and you aren't familiar with uh, Mark Emery and, and some of the things that he's done in his lifetime, it's it's an amazing story. And he's been covered in major news networks around the country and uh, around the world. And, and there's a reason why the DEA targeted this man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Plenty of seed uh, seed shippers out there coming from Canada and all over. And they decided to go after him because he opposes the war on drugs, not just uh, attempting to make some money shipping out marijuana right. seeds. Growing plants isn't going to uh, – growing plants is not going to contribute to the crumbling of the DEA, to the destruction of, uh, of prohibition. But speaking out publicly against prohibition, making a lot of noise, and and then using the the proceeds from selling those seeds to fund anti-prohibition lawsuits and anti-prohibition referenda on various different ballots across uh, the different countries and political jurisdictions, that's a real threat to uh, the prohibitionists. That's a threat to the status quo, and that's why they went after Mark Emery. So go and get details on how to write him over at CannabisCulture.com. And maybe after we uh, exhaust our current list of questions, still got a few more to, to share with you here. Uh, we'll take some more for Mark Emery because he doesn't have anything else to do. <laughs> Give him well, something to write during the day. Hopefully he gets more things to do over time. All right. More coming up here uh, tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at FreeTalkLive.com. <laughs> 